This episode may contain themes that are unsettling for some listeners and includes dialogue that is inappropriate for children under 14. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Juicers, I'm Melissa. And I'm Brooke. And this is For God's Sake. Don't drink the Jones juice. Welcome back to Fuck We Forgot to Mark to see what episode this is. I think, I think it's, it's 34. 35. <laughs> We're gonna look. check. What, are we gonna start over? <laughs> nah. Alright. Um We are unprepared. Dude, we have been together for like seven hours and we're just starting this. Thirty-four. You okay. are correct. So thirty-four. Um <clears throat> I guess before we really get into business and stuff like that, I would like to tell you guys how Brooke almost gave me a fucking heart attack this morning. Oh, no. Don't tell. (laughs) I'm going to because, oh, my God. So if you listen. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, you're talking about what I did this morning. I thought you were about to talk about what I did when we were driving down the road. That, too. Okay, so there are two things. I forgot about that one. So, guys, buckle up because today is an episode filled with Brooke packed just fucking (laughs) shit show (laughs) like unfortunate events so literally so um we're recording on a saturday and um usually we record on sundays but something happened so that we had to record today and so typically um i'm always late to coming to brooks house i'm always like yeah i'll be there at noon but then i end up being there at like two (sighs) because i suck but she always messages me at like 10 or 11 sometimes maybe 12 and she'll be like hey when will you be here and i'll be like i'll lie and be like hey one but really it's like two (laughs) and so noon rolled around and i hadn't heard from brooke and um she had told me like it was like 9 30 last night and she was like yeah well i'm going to bed see you tomorrow and i was like um okay uh, bye (laughs) i was exhausted because she doesn't usually go to bed till really really late yeah and so noon rolls around and i haven't heard from her so i text her and i waited a while and didn't hear anything and so then i start calling her and then i start calling her daughter (laughs) and nobody's answering the phone and i'm getting really worried because that's just unlike brooke on you know recording days yeah so i'm blowing her phone up with texts and i'm like oh hello um i'm worried like i'm about to come to your house yeah (laughs) and she's just not answering me so i texted her again and i was like well i'm gonna head to your house and i guess if you're asleep i'm just gonna wake you up question mark question mark <laughs> so i'm going down the road to her house it's like 1 30 at this point she still hasn't messaged me and i'm like oh my god i'm gonna get to her house and there's gonna be like bodies <laughs> she's dead there's no other Mass logical <laughs> reason like she's dead <laughs> and so then i decided i would go to ross and wait like an hour and you know just see like maybe she's asleep just let my body sit even longer and i had thought about that too i really didn't know what the right decision (laughs) to do was you would think you would know but in the situation you don't just let her body rot a little bit while longer and and then i was thinking like what if she like like she's bleeding out and i decide to go to ross instead of going straight there and helping her and she bleeds out and then it's your fault and i was literally debating on what i needed to do because i just didn't know so i came to the the conclusion that i was gonna go to ross and wait an hour and so i get to ross and you know she finally fucking texts me and she's like i just fucking woke up and i was like 
dude <laughs> literally i recorded i was recording like a voice message to send to you but then my mom called and i it like canceled it out but i literally was like dude i'm about to fucking get your ass <laughs> because i was so worried like i legit thought you were dead <laughs> yeah i i don't usually sleep until 1 30 in the afternoon but i did i was like calling her mom i was like um have you heard from Brooke today and well, she this like, happened no. like a few months back too you remember when yeah. like my whole like i was like an hour late for work and i had appointments and like a yeah. whole shop was calling me didn't somehow you were involved somehow yeah uh somebody messaged me and they were like have you heard from brooke today and i oh, was like yeah. no so everybody thinks i'm dead like it's everybody's first instinct that i'm dead if i don't answer my phone so <laughs> but it's nice. unlike you to yeah. like not be, be at work or to yeah. not text me on recording days so that was just my instant thought and and i knew it was probably irrational but you know you just always think the worst when well i've done the same thing with Alyssa before and i think we talked about this when it happened because it was yeah. a podcast day <laughs> but it was like one of those days she was like look i'll be there in like 30 minutes and she ends up stopping on the way to my house at my grandmother's house and my grandmother is a talker and Alyssa is a talker and so I'm expecting her at my house and it's like two hours later and I'm like, hello, hello, are you okay? What's going on? And I'm just envisioning Alyssa driving off a cliff and she's just down at the bottom of some ravine in social circle. Yeah. <laughs> and like finally she texts me and she's like, oh, I was with your Nana. And I'm like, what? Like I was about to start driving around social circle. Like, <laughs> and it's, it's sad though because I when i'm talking to somebody i put my phone away because i like for them to have like all of my attention so i felt my phone vibrating in my pocket but i i was just like you know brooke's probably just like wondering you know when i'm gonna be home because she knew i was going there and she knows how both of we both of we <sighs> both of us are long story talking she had no idea that it had been like two hours yeah i literally <laughs> thought it had been like 30 minutes at you know tops but so that was her karma today for scaring the shit out of me a couple months ago. I was about to recruit Cupid Slave tattoo artist to, <laughs> to come, come storm ambush her house. my house. Yes, and like break in because I didn't really want to walk in on two bodies by myself. So <laughs> thankfully she texted me before I could do that. Yeah. Because how embarrassing would that have been? If y'all all show up at my house, my entire work crew, yeah. and I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, I don't know, but... Um, the other horrifying oh, no. thing. This Brooke is what did. I didn't want you to tell. <laughs> this was so funny, but so horrible. So we were driving to um, a restaurant and Brooke was driving and I was in the passenger seat and then Ansley and Ariel were in the back seat. And so her GPS tells her to turn right. So she fucking does. Okay. She First, let me just say this was a very unfamiliar area to me. It's not because I'm a bad driver. No, she's a good driver. And the GPS, apparently these are new roads, so the GPS was as confused as I was, and I wasn't paying attention to the <laughs> do not enter signs. I was just watching my GPS, and I'll let Alyssa take over from here. Yeah, there were um, there was a sign that said, uh, do not enter, wrong way, and there was one that was like, do not take a right turn. It was like the arrow turning right, and then there's like the little red cancel uh, like picture over it and you know she just turns right out in there and we're all like no wait you were supposed to go this way this is i noticed it before you guys did i was like i i noticed i was in like a really tiny lane and i'm Um, like no because i I I think i was in the bike lane or something i literally went (laughs) as soon as you turned i went 
and I didn't say anything because I didn't know what to say. And all I see is just traffic coming towards us. And she was in the bike lane. <laughs> and I just know, like, wa- or driving by all those cars. They're probably like, what a fucking idiot. What is she doing? <laughs> Thank God, though, there was a CVS, like, within, I don't know, however many feet. And I was able to just whip it in there. And I didn't have to keep going for God knows how long. Because it, it was, like, traffic time. So there was like cars just sitting it's not like i could have like yeah. reversed or like turned around yep. like so yeah that was horrifying but and my daughter's in the back you're a horrible driver I'm like no i'm not like that was totally an understandable mistake and i'm telling you guys like this probably happens on the daily in the spot i think it probably does like, too. i'm just watching my gps and it's like turn right now so i fucking turned like <laughs> And then real quick, I realized, oh, shit, this was not what I was supposed to do. Yeah, um, I've done and I know I told you this, but um, just to make you feel better on, you know, the podcast episode um, in Covington, where the um, the Home Depot is, you know, when you turn left into there, it's, you know, oh God, it's yes. four lanes and it's divided by a medium. Mm-hmm. But like. I literally turned into the wrong lane and I'm driving down. I'm like, and then I look over and see a car on that side. And I was like, oh, this is wrong. But I just didn't think that they would have like, like when you're turning in there, I didn't think that there was going to be like a median yeah. with two lanes on each side because you're literally turning into the Home Depot. And that's I see like what you're saying. Where go- yeah. 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 So I was very embarrassed. I parked in the back of the parking lot just in case anybody <laughs> saw, saw me. I was. I don't even know why I was going. Why did I need to go to Home Depot? I don't know. When do you go to Home Depot? I know. So weird. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but yeah, that happened. So we uh, all do stupid shit. Yeah. So anybody, if you saw me in uh, <laughs> a city I'm, I don't usually frequent in a black Grand Cherokee, um, driving down the wrong side of the road. <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> if that were if that would have been me i would have been crying because that's such a stressful thing my heart was in my throat but i was laughing hysterically at the same time like i felt so stupid i think my face was bright red and it's like these people don't know me but like (laughs) i'm an idiot i should have been waving as i was driving by (laughs) just hi taking a shortcut (laughs) let's not forget that what's been no for real you're a good driver but recently i'm worried about you because remember at your mom's when you drove over a tree stump shut (laughs) up entire tree stump and your car got stuck and me and scotty were laughing because like i have four-wheel drive okay i got out (laughs) dude i was just trying to turn around in this driveway okay and i decided i was going to drive through the grass and you okay my mom just moved into this house and there's like leaves everywhere like it needs a really bad yard cleanup so i didn't know there was a tree stump hidden under the leaves and i was just gonna whip it around in the yard yeah well like the undercarriage of my car got stuck on this tree trunk (laughs) i saw your fucking car go over that and it like bounced as it hit the ground and i was was like like, what the fuck is that i was like what did you run over i I couldn't see it and i mean me and scotty looked and we're like there's nothing there and then when we came to the other side and we saw the tree stump like but like and i don't even know how to describe it it looked weird and at first i was like that's a stick yeah but then we realized it was like, like rooted in the ground yeah yeah but there were so many leaves you couldn't see it yeah but anyway i have four wheel drive and i did get out okay yeah um but she almost hit you know a wall 
trying, trying to I back out. The, I pumped the gas so fucking hard like, to the ground. It's like, what? Me and Scotty were scared. But I got out. I got out. Good job. Anyway. So that was our like past. What, did we week. go there last, last weekend? Last. It was at Monday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. It was Monday. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Anyways, um, do you want to tell them about our, sh- our shirts at the shop? Yeah, just real quick. Um, I want to mention again about the Ouija board Don't Drink the Jones Juice shirts that I have available at the shop. I did a bulk order. I ordered 25. What am I down to? Maybe like 12, I think. Um, I'll look on uh facebook right now and see the sizes i think i sold a couple more though oh yeah because you did yeah Yeah. anyway i've got like 10 or 12 left at the shop i think all i've got right now i think i've got one small a few mediums a few larges and a few extra larges um the bigger sizes than that i'm sold out of but if you would like one of our t-shirts without having to wait you can come pick them up at cupid slave i will have them 25 (laughs) dollars. do it um uh, yeah also, before we begin, I know this is our longest intro ever, <laughs> but I do just want to thank the few people who have messaged me over the last, you know, entirety of our podcast that have just said very encouraging, just nice things to me. And I mean, Brooke has gotten sa- the same kind of messages, but it really means a lot to us that you mm-hmm. guys listen to us and that you guys like you retain the information because people say um, specific things from our episode that like Mm -hmm. made them laugh or Mm -hmm. they found interesting. And Mm -hmm. it just really means a lot to us that our hard work isn't going in vain and that you guys enjoy us and that we were talking about this in the car earlier, actually like it genuinely makes me want to cry sometimes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thank you for y'all support and just for listening to us. And even though like, I can't talk. I can't. <laughs> can't talk. I literally cannot talk. I stumble over my words all the time. No, I said do. homicide. I said cyanide. <laughs> I've said um, just some crazy stuff. I've done it too. I've done it too. So, and not even caught on to it until like listening. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Why did I say that? Thank you for being here through all my likes and ums. Through all my. So... <laughs> Dude, I literally listened to our last episode, and I don't know if I do this every single show. I guess I probably do, but I swear to God, I said so at least like 60 times. (laughs) And I'm probably about to do it again, so. Yeah, don't ever play a drinking game where you drink anytime I say like or um, or Brooke says so, because you will die. (laughs) Within about three minutes. (laughs) I used to think I was pretty articulate until we started a podcast, and I'm like, wow, I cannot speak at all. Like, I just sound uneducated and dumb. Oh, God. Now I'm going to catch myself every time I say so on this one. I always try to catch myself saying like, but then I like, like, uh, and then like, and I'm like, oh, my God, just like that. So, but anyways, thank you for listening to our 15 minute intro. Thank you. If you listened and didn't skip. Brooke, what are you covering today? I am covering the murder of Molly McLaren. So, so, yep, here we go again. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I'm every time I say it now, it's going to stick out. 
Okay. And it's also weird, though, because you don't do that in real life. I don't think you I do. You only do it on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's kind of like my intro intro to, like, another subject in yeah. the story. Yeah. and But I say like all the time. <clears throat> so. Well, anyway. Okay. I'm not going to say that word. <laughs> <laughs> um, the murder of Molly McLaren. Now, this is a, another tinder murder i don't know why these have been catching my eye lately um but anybody that's on tinder be careful because there's just a lot of weird shit going on be safe all right um in july of 2016 the beautiful and bright 23 year old molly mclaren swiped right on tinder interested in the 26 year old warehouse worker joshua stimson He was tall, dark, and handsome, and he caught her eye immediately. He lived only nine miles away from Molly in the town of Woldham, UK. Taking things slowly after several months of chatting in November of 2006, the two decided to finally meet up. They seemed to be a good fit for one another and quickly decided to become a couple. Molly really had never had a serious boyfriend before. Wow. Yeah. She was just super passionate about school and she spent a lot of time with her friends and she just always been content being single, you know, just living that early 20s single life. I wish that would have been me. Yeah. I never really did that either. Yeah. But I, I thought that was interesting at 23 years old that she never really had a steady boyfriend. And she, and it's not that she was ugly. Like no, she, she was, was gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. So I guess she really was just working on herself, yeah. Which, yeah. which is great. It's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, The couple shared a lot of the same interests and were both very health conscious and enjoyed working out. They also had one other thing in common, and that was a struggle with depression. Joshua had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and Molly suffered from anxiety and depression and previously bulimia. The two found this as a common ground. When Molly mentioned to her mother that her new boyfriend was bipolar, her mother was concerned. She just kind of thought, like, like, can you really take this on, Molly? Like, you need to be more concerned with your mental health. Like, is this going to be bad for you? <clears throat> Molly assured her that it wouldn't and that the two could even help each other. Molly had a kind soul, and she was always out to help others. And Joshua's diagnosis just pulled on her heartstrings. Yeah. Molly was determined to overcome her eating disorder and ran a popular blog about her recovery in the hope that it would also help others dealing with similar situations. Molly was a second-year college student at the University of Kent in England and was studying fitness. She also worked part-time as a shop assistant in Ted Baker, which is a British clothing store. Have you ever heard of that? Mm -mm. I hadn't either, but apparently there's one in Atlanta. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So they sell, I think they started off as like a men's clothing store, but now they do women's and all kinds of stuff. So, so as months passed, <laughs> Molly and Joshua's relationship evolved. Um, those closest to Molly started to notice a change in Joshua. Molly's dad, Doug, said, it seemed as if, as though he didn't have any friends and was a bit of a loner. He just wanted her to himself and wasn't interested in making new friends or even dealing with Molly's friends. Big red flag. Faux show. He spent Father's Day with me and not his own dad, which I thought was a bit odd. That is odd. Unless his dad sucked, then no. 
which he may have. I, I'm not really sure a whole, whole lot about Joshua's background. I'll get into it a little bit, but I don't know a whole lot about his dad. Things started getting even more strange um, a little bit later. A possessive and controlling side of Joshua started to emerge. He would pop in unannounced at odd hours when Molly would tell him she needed alone time to study. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah. Don't do that, guys. People need their space. Mm-hmm. Doug, Molly's father, said he would come in and he would just lie on her bed so he knew where she was and what she was doing. Oh, God. Awful, right? Gross. He started tagging along uninvited to her nights out with her friends. And friend Amy said that was a red flag that he didn't want her to have any alone time with her friends. And to me, that wasn't right. There was an end goal, and that was to isolate her. Yeah. Soon, Joshua Joshua would quit his job just to be able to spend all his time with Molly while she was on break from school. Oh, my God, dude. Like, run. Creeper status. Run. Yes. I actually knew somebody who's boyfriend did that just to keep tabs on them and i and of course they would never say that Mm -hmm. and they are constantly looking for a job Uh quote unquote but they never get one and it's so they can keep them in arm's reach that's so scary it's horrifying but it was at a party to celebrate molly's aunt's six uh, 60th birthday in essex that the family first started really seeing terrifying signs of Joshua's behavior. Molly was enjoying herself dancing with her cousins on the dance floor. And Molly's mother, Joe, said he was staring at Molly as if to say, come and sit back down. I don't want you dancing. His cold and antisocial ways concerned Molly's family. Yeah. As they they should could have. just see it all over him. Like yeah. he was just like, Mm-mm, no, like you're not going to be having fun. You need to come sit your butt back down. Like, you have to be glued to me mm-hmm. 24-7. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Later that evening, after Molly and Joshua had returned to their hotel room, Molly's mother, whose name is Joe, received a disturbing WhatsApp message from her daughter. It asked her to come to their room because Joshua was, quote, playing up. And I, I don't know that phrase. That may be a British phrase, but mm-hmm. basically it kind of means, like, acting out, I yeah. think. But, that makes sense. Yeah. The couple had been having an argument, and Joshua started recording everything Molly said and did to use against her. When Joe got to the room, he tried to hand her his phone to get her to listen to what had been said. And Joe just shrugged it off, not wanting to hear it. Yeah. Like, dude, stop. Like, that's That's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe said, that was the first time I thought something isn't quite right. This, though, was the final straw for Molly, who told her mom she didn't feel the same about Joshua and that she knew she had to end it. Her friend Amy said she didn't know how to break up with him because she was so concerned with how he would feel. That's just who she was, putting everyone before herself. She was just such a kind soul and just didn't want to hurt anybody. Right. And also, I mean, if she's never had like a real boyfriend Mm -hmm. before, saying no is hard. Yeah. And I do want to encourage all of you girls out there, like, I know saying no is scary and, like, Mm -hmm. you're scared that, like, the guy's going to get mad or, you know, they're not going to like you anymore or whatever. But I I had a severe problem with that when Mm -hmm. I was, like, a teenager and a young adult, like, even younger than I am now. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to learn to say no. Yeah. It's hard. It's a good word. And I don't feel like men are going to start taking as as seriously until we're like no no Mm -hmm. no Mm -hmm. um i think too this is a big part of it in my opinion i think people like joshua 
they prey on people like Molly. Yeah. With a good heart. Yeah. You know, they're not going to pick some, you know, quote unquote bitch who's going to stand up for herself. Yeah. You know, they always target like the, the vulnerable or the um, empathetic, the 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 healers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ones that like see past mm-hmm. the bullshit that he's doing. And mm-hmm. they're like, well, he, deep down, he's a good person. Exactly. So, um, eventually Molly told him that she needed him to slow down a bit, texting him, we can't be with each other 24 seven. I feel under pressure. So she was trying to like nicely kind of like, "Eh, let's slow it down a tad. Joshua pleaded. Oh, I'm sorry. I was skipping ahead. So Molly's good friend, Amy, who I spoke about earlier, commented, he tried to manipulate her into thinking that she was unhappy with everything and not just with him. So basically he was like, look, like you're unhappy about this and that, and you're just unhappy about life. Don't blame this on me. So he ends up pleading for her to take him back. And she does. Yeah, of course. In May of 2017, the couple went on a make it or break it tropical vacation. What is that? So basically they're like, look, let's go on vacation together. Let's see how things go. Like either this is going to make our relationship or it's going to break it and we're done. Mm-hmm. So they agreed on that. Like, let's go spend some time one-on-one together, you know, time together. And, you know, hopefully we'll come out good. If we're not, then we'll end it. Yeah. Um, having her alone at a sunny re- uh, resort only worsened Joshua's controlling behavior. And Molly texted her friends to say that they weren't getting along. She wrote, it's the worst thing ever. Help me. And can't talk about it until I get home, but I'm dreading it. Oh, my gosh. That's so sad. Getting a message like that from your friend would be so scary. Who's like forever away on a vacation with her controlling psychotic boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, God. Things finally came to a head when the couple went out with some of Molly's friends on June 23rd. And she pulled Joshua aside to tell him it was over. A friend said he got quite aggressive and shouted, she's finished with me. And that was the first time we ever saw him getting aggressive. So... I did not put this in my notes, but um, one of Molly's friends in a documentary I watched, which I do need to, uh, I'll, I'll put it in my uh, my little, you know, description, um, what all I used for my research. But one of her friends said, oh, God, what? Uh, now I forget because I was talking too much. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. I don't know what I was going to say. Is it written down? No, no, no. It was just something that popped in my head that was said in one of the documentaries. Okay. So anyways, he like got super aggressive, you know, was yelling. Oh, she said to one of her friends, like she felt bad for doing it in public. Like Mm -hmm. she probably could have gone about it a different way. That's what I was, what I was trying to get around to. Um, But I think for her in that moment, she was surrounded by friends. So she felt more safe and confident. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh. You know, maybe she could have done it differently, but it probably would have been a lot worse on her, you know? Honestly, I think with people like that, that's the best way to do it. When you're surrounded by people that love you and yeah. can, yeah. Because I mean, like four against one, right. better odds. Mm-hmm. Um, Joshua would not accept the rejection and he retaliated by posting vicious lies about Molly on Facebook, claiming that she was a drug addict on cocaine and that she slept around and tagged all of her friends and family in the posts. Dude, if um if somebody's doing that, you should automatically assume that that person is the problem. Oh yeah, for sure. 
He also bombarded her with abusive messages on WhatsApp. She told her friends, Josh has turned nasty. I'm scared he might hurt me. He knows my parents are going away for two weeks. Oh, gosh. Chillingly, one of his Facebook posts read, there's more to come. Oh, my God. So scary, right? Joe was so worried for her daughter's safety that she handed out pictures of Joshua to neighbors, asking them to let her let her know if he was seen in the area. Eventually, Joe talked Molly into going to the police. They went together, and the police called and warned Joshua to take the malicious content down. The officer put him on speakerphone in front of Molly and her mom. We wouldn't want Molly to come to the police station again about you, would we? Said the officer. Wouldn't we? Replied Joshua in a cold, cocky manner. Ew. Ew. How arrogant. That's disgusting. That's the audacity. Go fucking arrest him right now. Literally. You know? Ew. Like anybody who could say that, they have very, very bad intentions. Absolutely. Um, Officers checked their database and Joshua Stimson had no criminal record. So they told Molly and her friends and family to block him on social media and to report any further abuse. So everybody blocks him. They had no mutual friends on social media, but it would later be found out that Joshua Stimson persuaded another girl to befriend Molly on Facebook so that he could track her every move. Oh, my God. Manipulator. The harassment didn't stop. Joshua continued posting the vicious lies about Molly. So this time she called the officer that she had spoken with previously. Again, he called and gave Joshua a warning. He did finally take the harassing post down, but outside of that, nothing was done legally. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, what could they really do, though? Uh, I mean, some of it sounds like terroristic threats to me. Yeah, you know? that's and true. It, but, I mean, what would you call it if somebody is like, making up lies about slander? Yeah. I mean, I feel like there slander. is something yeah. they could have done, but they didn't. Just days later, Molly posted that she was going out for dinner with friends on Snapchat, thinking that there was no way Joshua would, would see because she had him blocked Mm -hmm. but while she was with her friends in the restaurant guess who turns up joshua with another woman of course he does molly was shaken and tried convincing herself that it was just a coincidence but she felt so uncomfortable that she went home early i would have to poor girl she's the one that has to go home because he's tormenting her she can't even enjoy a night out with her friends what is the mindset behind that though intimidation but like why because he was so obsessed with her that he was not willing to let her live her life without him. Get the fuck over it. And we're talking like a couple that had dated for months. It doesn't matter if it's years, or, but I'm talking like this is not. Like a shorter time span. Yeah. yeah. That's disgusting. The next morning, Molly went to the gym alone. We are now 12 days after their final breakup. As she started her workout, Molly was horrified when joshua walked in lays a mat down and starts training just feet away from her we later find out that joshua had two knives and a pickaxe that he had bought just two days earlier in his gym bag there's security footage of this encounter by the way and it is chilling and i will be posting this brooke made me watch it it's it's awful it's it's scary just Mm -hmm. knowing like what happens next And you can see in the video, Molly, you know, apprehensively, but bravely walks over to him to ask what he's doing and uh, ask why he's not at work. Apparently he had gotten another part 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 time job. Um, She then. Oh, so he apparently tells her 
that's none of your business. Again, arrogant, cocky, son of a bitch. That's yeah. none of your business. Like, I'm going to stalk you and, yeah. you know, get other girls to stalk you, but you can't ask and me And lay anything. down right next to you. Invade just, your space. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, 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 ugh. She then sent a terrified text to her mother and a terrified text to her friend Amy telling them that he was there. They both told her to leave. A nervous wreck, Molly abandoned her workout and waited until she had seen Joshua leave before making her way to her car. Texting as she was walking to her car, she sent another text to Amy, the last that she would ever send, saying, I feel like I'm fucking looking over my shoulder all the time. It would be right after this text that Joshua Stimson jumped into Molly's passenger seat as she sat in the driver's seat and stabbed his ex-girlfriend 75 times in the neck and head. Oh my God. Brutal. 75 times. In the head and what? Neck. The neck, 75 times in the neck and the head. Mm -hmm. Molly desperately beeped the horn to draw attention, but couldn't escape the locked car and angry Joshua. Witnessing the gruesome parking lot attack in broad daylight, a passerby by the name of Benjamin Morton desperately tried to save Molly, and he was able to pop the door open, and he started pulling on Joshua, trying to pull him out of the car while screaming, stop killing her. But Joshua's legs were so slick with blood that the man couldn't get a hold of him. Wow. He resorted to slamming Joshua's leg repeatedly with the car door. But Joshua was relentless. Dude, well, like, good for this random yeah. man. Like, I would have been horrified. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, that's a freaking hero. He could know? have been killed himself. Mm -hmm. The man said, I could see that her throat had been cut. He seemed determined to make sure that she was dead. When he realized that Molly McLaren would not be surviving the attack, he tried to prevent Joshua Stimson from getting away. He got in his car and he blocked Molly's car in until the police arrived. Wow. Yeah. Good for this guy. Mm -hmm. The blood-soaked Joshua Stimson was arrested at the scene where his first words were, she's in the car. I've killed her. Wow. Mm -hmm. Joshua, Joshua would claim diminished responsibility during his trial. Of course he would. Claiming that he had no memory of the attack. Oh, you fucking liar. Mm -hmm. Diminished responsibility. What a sick fuck. If the jurors found this to be true, his murder charges could be dropped to manslaughter, giving him a much lighter sentence. Oh, um, man manslaughter? Mm -hmm. Excuse uh, mm -hmm. It better Sounds not like have. Sounds like premeditated murder to me. Especially if he purchased Bought all... Bought Yeah. Yeah. It emerged at the trial that Joshua Stimson had a history of violence and stalking women. Go figure. So how did the police not know that? Oh, we're, we're, I'm about to tell you. Oh, my God. His ex, one of his exes, Alexandra Dale, told cops three times that he was a danger after they broke up and he began to stalk her. She commented, I'm mortified. This twisted fuck made my life hell and the police were informed yet did nothing about it. This pr poor girl did the same and still nothing. I can't even imagine what her family is going through. Wow. Joshua Stimson had threatened to fly out and find and drown Alexandra while she was on vacation. And he had slashed all four of her mother's tires, top to bottom. Dude, what a psycho. Mm -hmm. However, when she went to the police, they claimed they didn't have enough evidence to charge him with any crime. Of course they didn't. Who else was it? 
you know? Alexandra posted to Facebook saying he did loads of strange stuff. He used to follow me uptown and push and grab me and make up strange stories in his head. He used to threaten me as well as saying loads. So I can only imagine what he used to do and say to her. Slamming the police, she said, that's what has made me angry. It's always too late. I can't imagine what she had to go through with him. Honestly, he needs help. He needed locking up when I reported him. It is very sad that it's like nothing can ever be done until Until they go to the extreme. Yeah. It's sickening. Alexandra testified in court and spoke about how Joshua Stimson just sat with her and told her not to speak to any men because he didn't like it. She said he would call her 25 plus times in a row if she didn't answer. She said he started off normal, but then got a bit possessive. He took pictures of me asking why I was wearing certain clothes. Sometimes he called me a slag and stuff. He was following me everywhere. Joshua Stimson also sent Alexandra a photo of her own backyard, despite her never having taken him to her home. Ew. So creepy. I'm scared. Ugh, he's awful. He's awful. Another ex, Leah Hubbard, dated Stimson for three weeks, but later branded him her stalker. After he watched her on a night out after they split and spat in her face during an argument, he was thrown out by a uh, by a bouncer. And when she left some five hours later, he was still sitting outside waiting on her. Dude, that is dedication. Uh, One time he knocked on her window at 2 a.m. claiming that his phone needed charging. Oh, then go home and charge it. Psycho. It sounds like she got away a lot easier than the other girl did and Molly, but former colleagues of Josh described two completely different sides of him. One, a charming, bright man who stood out by a mile when he applied for a job as a salesman. The other, a depressed, a depressed, irrational loner who couldn't engage in conversation and when distressed would cry for no reason. Okay. Narcissistic, angry, and demanding. This is how Joshua Stimson was described in court by the prosecution. They said this killing was an act of premeditation. Yes, it was, for sure, without a doubt. Yeah. Joshua had been caught on CCTV purchasing a paring knife and a pickaxe just a couple days before uh, murdering Molly. These would be the items that he used to take her life. Psychiatrist Philip Joseph, giving evidence for the prosecution, said Stimson was vain and obsessed with his own feelings. Dr. Shahid Majid, a psychiatrist for the, def- for the defense, said that after he evaluated Joshua, he was noted as having borderline personality disorder and was a narcissist, which affected his ability to exercise self-control. And really quick, guys. I want to give a definition of borderline personality disorder for those of you that are not familiar with it, because I think this is very important. And sadly, so many, and we've talked about this before, but so many of our assailants do have this disorder. Yeah. So, so many. Like virtually most all of them. Yes. So borderline personality disorder also known as emotionally unstable personality disorder, is a mental illness characterized by a, long, a long-term pattern of unstable relationships, distorted sense of self, impulsivity, and extreme emotional reactions. Those often engage in self-harm, 
and other da uh, dangerous behavior. They may also struggle with a feeling of emptiness, insecurity, fear of abandonment, inappropriate, explosive anger, and detachment from reality and chronic feelings of emptiness. Symptoms of BPD may be triggered by events considered normal to others. BPD typically begins by early adulthood and occurs across a variety of situations. Substance abuse, depression, and eating disorders are commonly associated with BPD. Approximately 10% of people affected with this disorder die by suicide, which is the highest suicide rate of all mental illnesses. And this order is often stigmatized in both the media and the psychiatric field. I know psychiatrists that won't even deal with people that have BPD yeah, because it's too much for them. I think that's so sad um, for people that do have this disorder, you know? Um, yeah. But I mean, if you can't handle it, you yeah, shouldn't. Yeah. Right. So I just wanted to uh, make a quick mention of that real quick. Um, yeah. So that is what borderline persona personality disorder is. And obviously those things line up pretty clearly with this guy. Right. Um, also, <clears throat> um, I don't think that just because you have BPD means that you're no, a murderer. But, not at all. But I do think that it can help hinder if that's already kind of in your system. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. not just, hinder, but um exaggerate or yeah like yeah. enable i understand what you're saying and we've mentioned that before too we do not think everybody with bpd is a murderer by any means i i know people with bpd that are extremely kind and wonderful people and struggle mm -hmm. immensely with this disorder so yeah. um and i do <clears throat> want to also mention that we have had people reach out to us mm -hmm. and thank us for shedding light on mm -hmm. this because they have a bad rep yeah, it's they just, absolutely do. And, and just like I said, in the media and the psychiatric field, mm -hmm. you know, Dr. Majid claimed that Stimson was desperate to avoid abandonment and had a hypersensitivity to rejection after his mother left when he was 12 years old, which greatly affected his mental mental health and determined how he treated girlfriends as an adult. OK, I'm just going to say something really quick. Mental illness is not a joke, but when it comes down to it, guys, we all have a choice. Yeah. And just because something happened to you as a child, you don't have to be a shit adult. Nope. Okay. Rise above it. Be better. Break the cycle. It all comes down to you. Yep. You know, get help. It's nothing to be ashamed of. No help. And I think that this is something that men struggle with more than women mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. you, like men feel ashamed to get help. But I'm telling you right now, mm -hmm. your loved ones, your wife, mm -hmm. your daughter, your son, your grandma, your grandpa, your mom, your dad, your mm -hmm. aunts, your uncles would much rather you go get help mm -hmm. than to suffer mm -hmm. and then make others suffer. In a lot of times, people with mental illness, whether they realize it or not, mm -hmm do make other people suffer because absolutely when you are struggling you don't always realize mm -hmm. how badly you're hurting others yes get help guys look i've gone to therapy i've gone to counseling i am medicated i have no shame in saying it and you know all of us have problems it's nothing to be ashamed of that's what these people do you yeah. know and so. also i do want to say um Sorry, um, if if you are struggling with mental illness and you want to see a therapist, but you can't afford one, mm -hmm. 
most like counties have government Mm -hmm. like mental health facilities Mm -hmm. that you can go to for Mm -hmm. virtually free they base it on your income i think it's a shame well i mean a lot of these places are ridiculously expensive you know they are mental health is not cheap but yes you're correct in most cities and counties they do have like um income you know um related you know they base it off your income income driven so mental health facilities um and they're probably not the best right especially if you're suffering from severe Mm -hmm. issues but it's better than nothing help (laughs) is better than no help so if you i know in covington and i know a lot of you probably live in covington um viewpoint health uh-huh. go there i've actually heard good things about it i have like i have kind friends who reviews. kind of have like a lot of trauma in their lives that they're like you know i don't think my therapist is equipped to help me yeah but they are they can prescribe medicines they don't prescribe like benzos and that kind of thing but they do like antidepressants and mm-hmm. you know things like that but i do have other friends who are like it really did help me a lot and like I feel so much better I feel happier so if you are struggling and you can't afford an actual an actual you know a, like a, a private therapist mm-hmm. or whatever go go there no shame guys no no shame like I said I, I'm very open about my struggles and you know like I just said counseling I go to counseling I you know am medicated and it's yeah. been a godsend for me and I went to counseling mm-hmm. for a while when I was like a um, like a, in my early teens and mm-hmm. I've literally been um, prescribed an antidepressant since I was 17 and I'm about to be 25 now and yeah. I talk openly about that with anyone and everyone because antidepressants saved my life yeah. dude they say they saved my mom's life mm-hmm. they've saved my si- my siblings lives it is literally if you need them mm-hmm. you will feel like you are living again i will be honest with you and say i was one of those in denial and didn't get help for a very long time Mm -hmm. and i should have years and years and years ago you know but i did it and you can do it too we all need help sometimes you know no shame guys and i'm glad we're kind of getting to a point in society where we are not shaming mental health issues like they would have you know five years ago 10 years ago 20 years ago like just when we covered central state Mm -hmm. oh god yeah like Mm -hmm. it is nothing like that now like Mm -hmm. and your therapist is going to validate you and they're going to tell you that you're not crazy and Mm -hmm. you're not whatever way you feel like society would deem you i mean Mm -hmm. because you're not every most anybody you meet Mm -hmm. they have some kind of issue going on so that's why i always say be kind Yes. Be kind to everybody. Be kind. Be compassionate. Mm-hmm. Show mm-hmm. mercy. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Where was I since we just went on a five minute? Um. <laughs> but that was important. <laughs> it is important. We're preaching over here. <laughs> it is very important. Okay. So as I was saying, uh, basically the uh, the uh, Dr. Majid said that you know when his mother left when he was 12 it affected his mental health and determined how he treated his girlfriends Mm -hmm. as an adult in the years that followed his mother leaving there was a string of referrals to mental health clinics where he expressed suicidal thoughts and he would confine himself to his room dr majid stated that because molly was joshua's longest relationship this amplified those feelings of abandonment and rejection which basically made him flip his lid 
Yeah, and it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Of course, those feelings are going to be stronger when it's a longer relationship. What I want to know, though, is, because I don't really understand this, are these feelings um, uncontrollable? Like, can you manage them? Or... Are you is talking it, about like with BPD? Yeah. Or is it just so overwhelming that you can't? I think, I mean, I know I said we all have choices. That's hard to say. It because it can cloud your judgment. Absolutely. I think with something as serious as BPD, it's almost ingrained in you and you can't help it. Yeah. But again, there's that part of me that's like, but everything's on you. How you react to the situation is on you. So I, I don't know. I don't but know psychologically like, what. If it clouds your judgment, though, then I mean, like, are you really in control of that? Because, like, for mm-hmm. example, with Titus, mm-hmm. with you know, he's autistic mm-hmm. um, and he has or he can get so overwhelmed, mm-hmm. you know, sensory wise or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that he reacts in a very negative way Mm -hmm. and a lot of times you know they say you can't stop a meltdown Mm -hmm. with autism you can't stop it but you can prevent it right so like if he's in the middle of the meltdown a lot of times i have to just let him be that way Mm -hmm. until he his body kind of just starts regulating itself again well i think bpd can be managed it cannot be cured yeah Somebody takes medication for BPD, it is not going to cure them. Yeah. BPD takes a lot of therapy, um, reprogramming how your mind works. Yeah. So in that sense, I think maybe it can be, you know, controlled in a sense. But with like medicines and therapies and stuff, but if you're not, because the same with Titus, like. Right, 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 right. I mean, obviously he, he's not going to be cured of autism or whatever, but. If you've never been treated. Right. you don't know how to react in those situations. Yeah. And especially like, you know, like, is like all kids in general have a hard time Mm self-regulating like themselves. It's like they need someone to show them and teach them how to Mm self-regulate so that when they are older, they don't need. Yes. intervention to make choices or to react appropriately to things so right. i don't know i've always wondered that i don't know well i'll tell you what ends up happening here okay so um again you know dr majid said that because molly was his longest relationship this amplified those feelings yeah um but the doctor said that this did not impair his ability to understand the nature of what he was doing, but it would have impacted his judgment before and during the act, as well as his ability to exert self-control. So with that being said, he's basically saying he was understanding what he was doing, but it did affect his self-control. So that's very... Um, so I'm confused. So like, he understood what he was doing, but was he wrong. But he couldn't stop, stop it. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's kind of hard. Yeah. Because when you know what you're doing, when when you know what you're doing is wrong, but mm-hmm. you cannot stop. I mean, that's how like serial killers are. They know what they're doing is wrong, mm-hmm. but a lot of them talk about how it's like an overwhelming. Compulsive. Yeah, that they can't stop doing. Yeah. I'm sure that is a very hard way to live 
you know i, I feel a lot of sympathy it. for people that suffer with that yeah so um Dr. Joseph for the prosecution said that Joshua had, and I quote, formulated a plan for revenge. This was described as the product of a deep rooted rage against Molly, which features in psychopathic and narcissistic personalities. The court heard how Stimson told Molly she should have broken up with him in a more respectful way. Oh, shut up. Mm-hmm. The first police officers to find Molly's body stated how he showed no emotion and was calm when he spoke to them while covered in her blood. After four hours of deliberation by the jury, Joshua Stimson was unanimously found guilty of murder and was sentenced to life in prison. So you've got the prosecution, you know, basically saying he knew what he was doing. He's a cold, calculated psychopathic murder and then you've got you know the uh defense you know saying it he couldn't really handle it because of his disorder but the jury said he could you know what i kind of think about that though is like throughout this you know he did have a lot of chances to try and you know center himself and be like mm-hmm. i shouldn't do, don't do. want to do this mm-hmm. i shouldn't do this and and also the fact that you know he did go out and buy these murder weapons that's premeditated yeah and the, you know it, it's like he, he could have stopped right then and been like it's not no. like in a moment of rage he just pulled a pocket knife out and stabbed her a couple times no right he went and bought these weapons yep. to kill her yeah so i guess <clears throat> i would have sided with the jury on that i would have been like yeah he he knew exactly what he was doing and he intended to do it mm-hmm. so before she jailed him for life and ordered he serve at least six, uh, I'm sorry, 26 years before he's eligible for parole, Judge Adele Williams told him this was a cruel, calculated and cowardly act. This was an act of wickedness. You took away Molly's life quite deliberately in the most vicious fashion. You were determined to punish her for ending the relationship with you. You were seeking revenge. She was 23 years old, beautiful and intelligent. Her family's grief and anguish is raw and apparent for everyone to see. You are a highly dangerous young man, and you will pose a very considerable risk to women for a very considerable period in the future. As 26-year-old Stimson was led to his cell, someone in the public shouted, Go on, you bitch. Wow. Good. (laughs) You know? Okay, so the Staffordshire Police Department has now accepted that their investigation was, quote, not up to their required standards. Yeah. You think? You know. The officer involved has received management advice, and the force has changed the way it deals with stalking cases. Management advice is what he got. Right. The Molly McLaren Foundation was set up by friends and family in her memory to help people with eating disorders. Their objective is to help with the funding of established charities who educate, raise awareness, and provide support for people affected by eating disorders. And I also learned that there is a super cool outdoor music festival that happens every year in memory of Molly, and it's called Molly Fest. That's cute. Mm -hmm. It's super cute. Foundation trustee and friend of Molly and her family, Amy Lee, who I spoke to spoke about earlier, Mm -hmm. remarked, we created Molly Fest to reinforce who she was as a person and to take a lot of the things she enjoyed and put them together. 
Last year, we sold out more than 400 tickets in just one week. We used the money we used the money raised last year to help a charity that does counseling, therapy, and early intervention schemes around the local community. And that is all. Wow. Yeah. That's good that they did that. I yes. like when they when you know they do something, something in the memory good can happen out of such tragedy it's really cute too i was looking at like some of the flyers for the festival it's like molly you know molly fest and it's like sunflowers all over the Aww, place it's really cute. cute so it's like they have like I, I think i read it was like 11 or 12 hours of outdoor like music so it's just like That's a big cool. fun festival yeah. in it's her like memory tour yeah so i love that super I, cool dude if i'm ever murdered y'all better do that for me i'm, I'm <laughs> serious fest. so beautiful right. so terrible <laughs> <Alyssa Fest. laughs> if i'm like ever it. murdered y'all can just have a big piercing fest oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all get together and pierce each Brooke other fest 2062 <laughs> i just or, put myself away so 2062 <laughs> or we could do <laughs> i don't even want to say this now oh god <laughs> i was gonna say a breakfast <laughs> Like breakfast, uh, breakfast. Breakfast. That's good. That's good. I hate breakfast. I do too. It's a not my favorite food. Uh, of can the day. you name it like Bradinner Fest? Bradinner <laughs> Fest. Okay. And just do dinner. If Brooke, if Brooke gets murdered, we're having Bradinner Fest, apparently, where we all just eat dinner for 12 hours a day. Bradinner Breast. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out something witty here and it's just not work. <laughs> dinner breast. dinner breast. Oh. oh my god. I love that. Well, no, I don't like it. I like I hate brook, it. Brookfest. Breakfast. Brookfest. Breakfast. Yeah, but I hate breakfast, so no. Well, um, we're not doing a piercing festival <laughs> and we're also not doing... <laughs> Wait, what was it? For dinner? Yeah, we're not doing that either because that just sounds wrong. But we'll, we'll figure something oh, out. You could do brunch. Fucking duh. Brunch. Lunch. Brunch. Brook. Lunch. Brunch. Brunch. Brook. Brunch. Brunch. Brook. Brook. I don't fucking know. Brunch. 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 That's what we'll do. Brunch. <laughs> we're having brunch, guys. We're having brunch. Okay. All right. Anyway, <laughs> brunch fist. Anyways, um, that was a terrible story. <laughs> it's really terrible. It's super depressing. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess um, you guys can take a listen to our sponsor, and we'll be back. What's that smell? Oh, that's my new blueberry cheesecake wax melt from Scentsy. How do I buy one? So I have this friend named Ashton who's an independent consultant for Scentsy. Scentsy sells wax warmers, wax, diffusers and diffuser pods, oils, laundry and cleaning supplies, personal hygiene products like body washes and lotions, and they even have a kids line. Wax melts are even on sale during the month of January. Is that where that lemon-scented counter cleaner came from? Yes, it's called Squeeze of the Day. Doesn't it smell amazing? Oh, yeah. And that new shampoo I used on Emery and Charlie, it's from Scentsy, too. Where do I go to buy her products? You can go to ashtoncouch.scentsy.us. That's A-S-H-T-O-N. 
C-O-U-C-H dot Cincy, S-C-E-N-T-S-Y dot U-S, or you can call her at 706-819-8968. Again, you can go to her website at ashtoncouch.cincy.us or call her number at 706-819-8968. Welcome back, guys. Hi. So, um, today I am covering a survivor. Yay. So, I think that's a cool mix. We have a cool mix. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, we had a pretty brutal story. And my story is actually very brutal. It's actually very horrifying. But especially because this is a random act of just horror. Oh, Oh, that's scary. Um, But she survives and, like, this woman's a fucking badass i remember your last survivor story and it was pretty badass yeah yeah so today our story starts out in canyon county idaho in june of 2000 with a woman named linda um labrain i think is how you pronounce her last name um she was driving alone at night in a, a rural area (laughs) okay you just had to say that word i just recently saw a meme the Uh other day that was talking about like a podcaster's least favorite word on the planet is rural (laughs) i never can say it it is so true rural 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 a rural area i hate it so she was driving alone at night in a rural area i would just be like a wooded area (laughs) an an isolated area (laughs) the countryside around 2 30 a.m and she was on her way to her family cabin in utah Mm -hmm. um and she did this every year um just to kind of get away from her husband and her kids like she went by herself Mm -hmm. just to have that break Mm -hmm. um so she had been driving for about an hour and a half on an isolated road with like hardly any cars you know probably like the road to my house at night you know there's like hardly anybody ever driving by Mm -hmm. and um she had her windows rolled down and she was listening to music and she was just like i was having a marvelous time just just enjoying my alone just being in my own company Mm -hmm. um and everything was going fine like you know this is what she did every year um until she looked out her window and saw a car beside her. So I guess it was like a like a two-lane highway mm-hmm. kind of thing. And this car had four young people in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she felt strongly that if she were to like look at them, yeah, that they would like mess with her. Don't you hate that? Yeah. Are you ever like sitting in traffic or something and you can just feel somebody looking at you? Yep. And you're like, I don't want to look, but like, I want to look, but I don't want to look. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's scary. Yeah. Um, so just, she just kept her eyes on the road and sped up just to get away from the car. Mm-hmm. And the other car sped up too. Uh. Um, so she slowed down. And so did the other car. Uh. Um, so suddenly the two people from the passenger side of the other car leaned out of their car and each of them were holding like a tree branch. What the fuck? Um, and they moved their car 
like into Linda's car and started beating her car with the tree branches. Oh my God. Yeah. So she obviously, like anybody would, became terrified and tried to slow down and pull around behind them. But they turned their car perpendicular across Mm. hers, which... Like to block her in? Yes. And speaking of that, I just want to tell a story really fast about the one time I had to call 911. Okay. (laughs) And I am so embarrassed about this. Well, I've been embarrassed plenty of this episode, so... (laughs) But this is really stupid. Oh. So... I was driving to, um, this is when me and Scotty lived in Covington and I was coming home from work and you know, that where I worked is where I live now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just long country roads, no street lights. It's dark. There's cows everywhere. It's mm-hmm. just one of those roads. And so, um, hardly any cars pass by you, especially at night, but, um, this one car did passed by me and they flashed their lights at me mm-hmm. and if they would not have it would have been really bad for me but um because they did that i became aware of yeah. what was in, in front of me and turns out there was a car or not a car a, like a semi mm-hmm. and there wasn't a trailer attached to it it was just the semi mm-hmm. but it was you know like horizontal in the road and oh my gosh yeah, like, like i would have hit it oh. and it was only in my lane yeah like the end the back end of it was in the grass and the front of, like the cab was um in my lane oh that's but so scary the other lane was open and free yeah. yeah um so there wasn't a driver so i just mm. i called 911 because like like if i would if that one car wouldn't have flashed its lights at me i wouldn't have seen and it somebody else could very well right run into it so um, when I called her, I was like, yeah, so I was going down blah, blah, blah highway and um, there was a truck vertical <laughs> in the road. And like, I know the difference between horizontal, horizontal and, and vertical, vertical, but I don't know why. I just kept saying vertical. And she was like, vertical? Are you sure? And I was like, yes, I'm positive. It's a vertical in the road. <laughs> like, like it's it standing be. up. Well, like, in my mind, I'm thinking she's oh. probably thinking like it's like standing up. Oh you God. know what I mean? And and she was like, so like, tell me exactly like what happened. And I was like, well, I was driving and this car flashed its lights at me. So I thought, you know, deer, because, you know, Jasper yeah. County is like the deer capital of yeah. the state or whatever. And, um, so I was just looking out for deer, but then I saw a semi just vertical <laughs> on the road and she was like, huh, well, um, um, we'll have some officers come out there and then I'm, I, um, you know, I get off the phone with her and I call my mom and I'm talking to my mom <laughs> and truck vertically in the road. Yeah. And I get home and I'm like, oh my <laughs> god i told her that truck was vertical in the road and not horizontal and i know the difference because horizontal horizon is long like this and vertical standing up and i was horrified at myself you want to call her back i wanted to call her back and be like uh hi me again i'm Um, so sorry the truck is not vertical it's horizontal an hour later i'm just calling you back i just want to let you know just in case you know you guys start looking for a vertical truck and you can't find it um yeah 
it was very embarrassing oh man my cheeks my cheeks hurt <laughs> i felt so stupid i could not so believe funny. that and like scotty was laughing at me and i'm like look i was already a nervous and yeah. you have to call the police because i course. was just scared and so i'm like nervously talking to her and i also like um kept fucking up the name of the highway like i knew what highway i was on because yeah. i've been driving it for years but i kept saying the highway that connects to it mm. and i was like you know like like in monticello like kind of going towards um or in jasper county going towards covington and she's like um that's um that um can i don't know what you're talking about are you talking about 142 i I was saying 142 instead of highway 11 ah okay and then like i was trying so hard to explain it to her i was like you know you could just take that road all the way to monticello and she and then i was like oh no 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 not 142 it's highway 11 and everything i was saying was just so dumb you were just and nervous I was and so nervous yeah yeah so that's understandable I'm but idiot. she probably thinks you're a moron no, no she probably does she was like this girl obviously is on crack doesn't drive ever and doesn't know anything about roads and also doesn't know what horizontal is <laughs> so oh god or i wonder if they got there and they're like oh my god the truck fell like we don't need to be here anymore (laughs) (laughs) i hate myself but yeah so anyway it's actually a very scary situation though dude it was like Mm -hmm. and i don't know like what why the driver wasn't by the truck and why the truck was even like that and It was scary. Like, I was wondering, like, if he was hiding and waiting for someone to crash and just take him. I don't know. I always think the worst. Uh, (laughs) My stupid ass probably would have stopped to check on him or something. Um, Are you okay, sir? No, not me. Uh, I just kind of keep going because I get scared. True. So, okay. So they um, turned their car perpendicular across hers. Horizontally? Not to be confused with vertical. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so there wasn't anyone else on the road except for her and that car um like around enough to help or to kind of notice what's going on um uh she did see in the distance you know like other cars and trucks and she thought to herself like if i can just catch up with them like these people people are gonna leave me alone yeah okay let me ask this what year is this cell phones in 2000 she did not have a cell phone okay yeah um so they kind of end up kind of like knocking her off the road oh god that's so scary yeah so as soon as that happens she instantly starts rolling up all of her windows Mm -hmm. but she didn't roll up the passenger window Mm -hmm. before um so it's like three men and a woman oh my god yes and the woman um runs over to her and um unlocks the passenger side door through the window and she reaches over to linda with a knife and held it to her throat while she unlocked the driver's side door um and the woman was just yelling and screaming just obscenities at, at linda and asking her where the money was mm-hmm. um linda described them as wild animals and she also said that their anger and their wildness was something i had never encountered before sounds like a bunch of like hillbilly inbreds well it later on we'll find out that they were all on meth yeah. they were just shit faced i guess mm. I don't it's even... always shocking to me then when there's a woman involved in this 
sick shit. Yeah. You know? Me too. So uh, Linda said that like suddenly um, a Native American man with long greasy hair and a horrible odor put a knife to her throat and dragged her out of the car. Oh my God. And in, um, so I I watched um, an episode of I Survived. That's where I got all my information from. And she always referred to this man as Greasy Man, which Mm -hmm. I thought was funny, like horrifying, Mm -hmm. but you know funny greasy man yeah so um linda liked to drive barefoot Mm -hmm. she never wore shoes when she drove so when she got dragged out of the car she was barefoot Mm -hmm. and um so she kept telling the man i don't have shoes on slow down please you're hurting my feet um i don't think he really cares no he didn't and he pushed her into the passenger seat of the car of his car of her car okay so that same man got into the driver's side of the car and reached up his knife to Linda's throat and um, she grabbed the knife with her hand and pushed it away mm-hmm. and it cut up her fingers and yeah. apparently she played the violin and like she called them her um, violin hands or her violin mm-hmm. fingers or whatever. So they were rough probably. I don't know but I think she was saddened by that. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Like, it, it didn't cut her fingers off, but, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but anyways. Um, so, um, the man started following the other car, the car he was originally in. Mm-hmm. And um, while they were driving, he just kept reaching over to Linda and just stabbing her randomly in the chest. What the fuck? Just for no reason. He was just stabbing her in the chest. Just driving and... Yeah. A couple minutes later. He's just like... And, like, I guess he he was only able to get her, like, five times. And so by that time, you know, her hand is bleeding profusely. And um, her chest was also just bleeding from the stab wounds. That's already very traumatic, right? Oh, my gosh. So the man drove out to a long, dark farm road just in the middle of nowhere. That's so scary. No lights nothing um she said what struck her the most was that the woman who was with the men was young and just very beautiful Mm -hmm. while the men were all old and greasy and dirty and she just couldn't understand why she was with them mm -hmm. yeah but drugs bring all people together so (laughs) um so linda turned to the woman um who was in the backseat of her car and said Please don't kill me. I have a family. I want to live. And that's when the man who was sitting behind Linda grabbed her by her hair, pulled her hair or her head back and slit her throat. Oh, my God. Yeah. She survived that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the greasy man who was driving kept yelling at Linda to give him her money. Mm-hmm. And then he reached his hands into her pockets and took her wedding ring off of her bleeding finger and then Linda ended up giving him her wallet, which had her driver's license and only $40. <laughs> and the man was furious that she only had $40. Mm-hmm. Like, that's 40 more dollars than you have, you greasy fucking slime ball. I mean, what do you expect? People just carry hundreds of dollars in their wallet? Like, what I do mean... you think? She had like $1,000 yeah. just hidden away somewhere in her pocket. So um, Linda turns back to the woman and um 
she, hoping maybe the woman would have more mercy on her. Yes. Um, and she begins to ask the woman not to kill her. And the woman says, well, go ahead and beg me for your life. <laughs> so Linda opens the door and she got out and onto her knees and, you know, puts her like hands into like a, you know, like a praying, mm-hmm. pleading position. And um, she looked at the people in the car in their eyes and um, pled with them not to kill her. And um, the other man in the car got out and came around the car with a metal baseball bat. Oh, my God. And he said, we're going to kill her now. So um, Linda, of course, turns her attention back to the woman with rage this time. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you said you weren't going to kill me. Um, And the woman said, we're going to do you a favor and we're going to knock you out first and then we're going to kill you. Oh, this is so demented. It's fucked up. Yeah. It's so scary. Like this was just a random thing. Yeah. She just wrong place, wrong time. So just kind of giving in to defeat, Linda crossed her arms and just like put them on the hood of the car and then like laid her head down in them. Um, The man came up behind her and bashed her in the head with the baseball bat. Oh. And she fell to the ground face down. Um. And as she laid on the ground, she felt like someone was pounding on her back. She just felt like this horrible pounding feeling. Yeah. And my first thought was like he was hitting her with the baseball bat. Or stomping on her. Yeah. But no, he was stabbing her. (gasps) He stabbed her 17 times in the back. What the hell? Yeah. So she kind of realized in this moment that if she didn't pretend to be dead, they were going to actually kill her. Wow. So while she was laying on the ground, you know, beaten and bloody and just in a bad state, um, she could tell that the people had gotten back into their car and were driving away. And she was left in that dark field by herself, bleeding and multiple stab wounds. I can't believe she's alive. I know. It gets so much worse. Oh, my God. So Linda, you know, mustered up the energy to get up and she leaned against her car to see if like her keys were still in there. So she could, you know, drive away. Mm-hmm. At that moment, she saw headlights coming towards her. No. So she started waving her arms towards the car, hoping they'd see her and help her. But it was the people coming back. Oh my God. Yeah. The greasy man came up to her and he said, oh, so you think you're strong? And then he took his knife and slashed open her shoulder. My God. Then the group started beating her with the bat again. And she fell face down in the ground once again. And um, her body was on the ground and her legs were under the car. Oh. So suddenly she heard what she described as a whoosh sound. Mm -hmm. And um, she realized that the people had set the car on fire. Oh, my God. And then they drove away in their car. Mm -hmm. And she thought to herself, and this to me is like... The most badass thing to think before you you know you're about to die mm-hmm. she thought i might be going to die but they are not going to burn my body so she had remembered you know the advice that we all got from the fire department when we were kids to stop, stop drop and roll. roll she wasn't on fire or anything but she she rolled away from that fire mm-hmm. and um she 
started rolling further into the field and um, the field that she was in was actually a beet field mm-hmm. and um, I didn't know anything about beet fields mm-hmm. <laughs> other than beets but <laughs> mm-hmm. but she described how the beet field had been freshly furrowed and the beet shoots were about like three inches high mm-hmm. and they were stick like like if you touched them they just felt like a stick mm-hmm. um, and she remembers while rolling over these sticks, you know, while, you know, having, um, open gashes all over her body. Yeah. That it hurt to roll over them. Oh, I'm sure. Like that's what she's, and I just think that's interesting because it's like, like she's not putting much thought into, and and it's like a shock factor. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That she has all these stab wounds all over her body and like slash wounds and she's been head busted. Yeah. So she ended up having um, a cut throat, 22 stab wounds, a cut across her hand, like her fingers, mm-hmm. a punctured lung, and a fractured skull. Mm-hmm. So a lot of injuries. Holy cow. So um, at that moment, you know, she began grabbing the dirt around her and she created a pillow out of the dirt. Um And she thought to herself, I'm going to prepare to die. Mm. And that is so sad. That's so heartbreaking. Yeah. So at that moment, a very bright white light surrounded her. And she said it felt like she was being lifted up by God. Mm -hmm. She said she felt at peace. And that she wasn't thinking about her children or her husband or literally anything else. She was just thinking about how peaceful she felt. And how ready she was to go with God. Mm-hmm. But then she heard voices again. And instantly thought. They're back. These people have come back to make sure she was dead. Ugh. But something told her that these weren't their voices. These were teenage voices. And they saw the car on fire. and Yeah. So the two teenage boys had been driving home from watching movies and um when they saw the car on fire they like called the fire department Mm -hmm. and you know being boys (laughs) they wanted to go check the fire out yeah so um when she heard them uh she started yelling at them for help and the boys ran to her and each one of the or each of them grabbed one of her arms and one of her legs and dragged her 50 feet away from the car um, and when they were pulling her away, they actually dislocated her shoulders. Oh, goodness. <laughs> like she hasn't been through enough. Right. But they saved her life. Absolutely. So. And like when she was telling this in the, um, the episode, she was laughing about it. Oh. So, so she had lost so much blood that she was at the clinical boundary between life and death. Like she could have easily died. Wow. Um, it took two years to track down Linda's attackers. Three of them are serving life sentences for kidnapping, robbery, <coughs> and attempted murder. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm choking on diet, Dr. Pepper. <coughs> okay. <clears throat> um, and the fourth one is serving 10 years for robbery and aggravated assault. Is that the woman? I don't know. It didn't say. Probably. I tried to look up more information, but there really wasn't any. Um. So... The attackers thought they were slick by catching her car on fire, but ultimately that is what saved I was gonna, Linda. I thought when they did that, that's stupid because that's going to draw attention to her being well, out there. I mean, they were high on meth. Like, they're just idiots. Yeah. But, Ew. 
mean, that's a, a dark beat film. Nobody would have seen the car in there. No. Nobody would have seen her. But like a car on fire, like, of course people are going to see that and be like, oh, that's unusual. Yeah. Let me stop. Yeah. So, um, that's the story of Linda LeBrain. That is amazing. She like, made a full recovery. I mean, in the, in the, I mean, she obviously suffers from like mm-hmm. trauma and just, it's amazing to me what people can survive through. I And then it's like one bad stab and you're gone, you know? It, and, you know, and like I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It's like you hear stories of people who get shot. I think it was you and me. Actually, we might have been talking about it on the podcast. Okay, well. Like somebody gets shot one time in the leg and they die. And then other people get shot in the face three times and live. Like, right. what? how does this work? It's so weird. I don't understand it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she's brave and like. That's amazing. I want to see her. Yeah. I'll show you a picture later. But, um, mm-hmm. and I'll post whatever pictures I can find. I really didn't look mm-hmm. any of them up. But I want to see the grossos that did it too. She had, um, she has a very sweet like like aura about her too so i don't know i'm proud of her i'm proud of her for deciding to roll out from under the car because i feel like at that point i would be like dude my throat is cut mm-hmm. my hands cut i've been stabbed like i'm there's no way i'm gonna survive like i'm in the middle of a field nobody's gonna find me right i probably would have just just gave up yeah amazing that was good i know that was really short but um mm-hmm. i had actually so i was reading the episodes of i survived and i um came across that one and i d- actually didn't realize that there were like three different stories per episode mm. um and the one that i was gonna cover um because i just read the description and it only had the the description of one of the stories so when it started mm-hmm. i just started like writing down everything that you know like i was taking notes on it and then i realized that it wasn't the same story as the description and i was like hmm so i just went with it anyways because i had already done like yeah. all those notes but um i mean it was still like a holy crap story so I've got one that I want to do eventually that I actually watched a, like a dateline or something on when I was at the gym the other night that, uh, it's, it's one of those crazy stories where like this person should have died, but yeah. they didn't. And it's just amazing to me. People are strong, dude. Mm-hmm. They are strong. And I think it's funny that the guy was like, oh, so you think you're strong? And they attacked her a second time and she still survived. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, bitch. Linda is strong. That's right so go linda yeah well i guess that's it um you guys if you want to follow our or join our i think i say that every time if you want to follow <laughs> our join our facebook group um you can do so at for god's sake don't drink the jones juice you can follow our instagram and tiktok at for god no <laughs> at don't drink the jones juice um, you can buy our merch at storefrontier.com slash don't drink the Jones juice. And you can also buy it at Cupid Slave. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right, guys. Y'all have a good one. Bye. <laughs>